Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and Mr. Chris Sheridan is on the line. What's going on, Chris? Everything's going on. Everything. All at once, all at the same time. Everything is all all happening simultaneously all at once. That is the truth, isn't it? Um, I uh, want to do something different today, so we're going to actually just kind of jump right into this. Uh, well, actually, no, let me, let me first thank everyone who uh, supports the show and ask that you uh, also support the show if you can. If you're getting something out of it each week, if, if you can go to anchor.fm slash cosmic eye and make a donation there to uh, you know keep us moving forward, help us to reach out there into the world and uh, create more positivity share these uh, esoteric and spiritual messages with, uh, with others through the podcast. Uh, and if you can, please uh, share uh, shows and, and stuff that you find about the show on, uh, on your social media. Let people know about the Cosmic Eye Show if you are enjoying it. Um, so this week, we're doing something a little bit different. We are doing a, kind of a setup for a new show that we're going to have Every Friday we're going to do this, right? So uh, we're going to call it Emmett Fox Friday or Fox Friday, something like that. We'll see what sticks. Um, And we're going to investigate the works of Mr. Emmett Fox, obviously, uh, a great new thought teacher. We're starting with his book, Find and Use Your Inner Power, which is also known as, what is it called? This something sparks. Let me me double check this at the beginning of it. Sparks of Truth, Sparks of Truth, it was titled uh, in an earlier version. Uh, But this one we have is called Find and Use Your Inner Power. Uh, You have a a PDF version of it, right? Or an e-book or whatever. Yeah. 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 So those are available online if you want to kind of follow along. It's not really necessary. The cool uh, thing about this book is that it's basically a collection of these one and, and one, you know, one page or one and a half page little essays that he published each week. And they're very condensed kind of organized little, uh, I, you know, usually with one idea or, you know, a few ideas, uh, very practical uh, pieces of advice to, to help you live a better life. And Emmett Fox was really um, a master at that. And we've done some work with his, his stuff, Previously, a couple of weeks ago, we did, uh, no, actually, was it last? It was last week, right? When we did seven day mental diet. Was that last week? Yeah. No, it was a week before that. It was a week before okay. that. Uh, so we have that up seven day mental diet. We have the golden key. And then we're going to have this new show we're going to do every Friday. So we're still going to do our, our, our Sunday show, which, you know, you hear um, on either Sunday night if you get it then, or usually most people listen Monday morning. Uh, so it's available Monday morning normally for everybody. Um, but we're going to do this show on Friday. And it's going to be a little bit shorter. I think we're going well, to try to keep it to 25, 30, 30 minutes, something like that. Right, Chris? All right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about Emmett Fox. Uh, almost all of his books are made up of short segments. And he has a whole bunch of pamphlets. Yeah. Uh, and from what I understand, his sermons were no more than 20 minutes long. So wow. it's part of the philosophy that you know, these spiritual truths are, should be easy to communicate. It might be difficult to incorporate in your life. might take a while, um, but they're short and sweet. So, so should a yeah. podcast on, uh, <laughs> so should a podcast that <laughs> right. respects Emmett Fox's work, right? Exactly. We don't want so to we'll do the... far less rambling than we normally do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so what we're trying, was what we're trying to say. We right. won't be taking the, we won't be taking the long scenic route. We'll be taking the, <laughs> the freeway to wisdom <laughs> via Emmett Fox highway. So there you go. Uh, so that's 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 a little bit about what we're doing. Do you want to share a little bit? I know you did some research on on his background. Do you want to share a little bit about uh, about Emmett Fox with uh, with our listeners who might not know much about him? Sure. Well, he's associated with the New Thought movement, uh, late eighteen hundreds to you know um, probably up to about nineteen fifty, um, especially in America. Um, a lot of uh, thinkers, uh, the Unity Church with Fillmore's. Um, Science of Mind, mm-hmm. uh, Ernest Holmes, uh, and so many, uh, and some earlier ones, uh, Waddles and James Allen, some of these. Uh, Phineas uh, Parkhurst Quimby. 
Quimby would be one of the, the more original the, ones. Early, Mary Baker original Eddy Mary split Baker off Eddy. and did Christian sure. Science, where it was you know, kind of healing and her own thing. And that's one thing about New Thought. It's, it's, a, it's a big umbrella. There's, yeah. uh, there was a lot of infighting, not even infighting. They were, I guess, outfighting because they were, uh, you know, diasporaed out to different groups and mm-hmm. different, following different people. But sure. there is a, a thread that, that, you know, that runs follows through, through it. it that, yeah. you know, our thoughts, you know, are important. And uh, if we can think better thoughts and uh, in a better direction, uh, that, that'll improve our lives. Yeah, uh, mind science, yeah. you know, law of attraction or something people call it now. Sure, law of attraction, um, exactly. So he got, um, he actually grew up, he was, he's from Ireland, but he uh, was educated in England and he went to a Jesuit school there. Um, so he had some, you know, very formal uh, religious training, or at least, you know, academically. Um, he had, uh, you know, that strong connection. Um, but he liked Thomas Troward, and I guess he read a lot of his books. And writings, um, and he started um, speaking, and from there uh, made his way to America by 1931, I think. And for 20 years, he was the pastor at the Church of the Healing Christ in New York, and I guess it was widely attended. Uh, he spoke at Carnegie Hall, um, and his, if you want to maybe boil down his thing to a very simple, maybe even one sentence, mm-hmm. uh, and it has to do with the golden key, it's get your thoughts off of what's troubling you and put them on God instead, or all that is good, or all that, yeah. you know, your ideals, or, you know, whatever it is that you, you hold higher than, uh, you know, what you're trying to, to rise above. That's a great, that's a great uh, summation of that. And I think that's what he... Uh really gets into obviously in the golden key, but that's the, the idea ending over your, you know, you're changing your thought to something, something expansive and, and constructive, like, i.e., you know, your thoughts on, on God or, or the universe or, you know, something higher than yourself versus the, the little problem that you're trying to deal with. It may be a huge problem, but, you know, in the whole scheme of things in terms of God and infinite wisdom and so on, he's having you, hand it over to that and to hold on to that God consciousness instead of the problem thoughts. Right. Well, yeah, it's a, you know, your focus, your attention, your consciousness. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're focusing on even something you don't want, Oh, I hope I don't trip and fall. I sure hope I don't trip and fall. That would really stink if I trip, you know, you're you're setting yourself up to trip and fall. So, well, even in, uh, what is it? I think it's in the book of Job where the thing that I had feared most has come upon me or something like that. Yes. I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something, uh, something to that effect. Close. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and that's the, that's the power of thought. And it is this, this thing whereby we think sometimes that there's a separation between, you know, the, the, the negative or the positive, but they're really the same thought force. You're just using one constructively and one destructively. And I think that's the challenging you know, implications of mind science. And one of the things people have trouble sometimes wrapping their heads around and Emmett Fox is very good at explaining um, a lot of those, those nuanced details in a really simple and clear way. And that, you know, if you want, check out, check out our podcast that we did on the golden key. We go deeply into it. It's a, it's a very short little pamphlet. It's something that I recommend everybody own. It's a simple idea, but it can really change your life. That along with a seven day mental diet, both profound and, simple, direct, and very powerful ideas that can change your life, that can change your life. And that's the kind of stuff that we want to present, uh, both in, in this Emmett Fox uh, Friday show that we're going to be doing, and just in, you know, in our show in general, usually our Sunday show, you know, we like, we like to take a little more time with stuff, and sometimes we go into a little more, a little more depth and background and some of the academic or historical stuff that's involved with, with some of these things. But the, the Fox show... And some of the other shows that Chris and I are working on right now that we're going to, that we're developing are, are going to be a little more um, practical, shorter, sort of little, like a little spiritual vitamins that you can take or listen to during the week. So something that can, you know, kind of get you pumped up when, uh, you know, when you're off track or if you need a little, little pick me up of, of mind, you know, mind science during the week. Uh, to kind of get yourself centered and, and refocused on those positive thoughts and so on, just reminders. 
Uh, well, so, and that's uh, you know just even that term science. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something you want to. You know, you have to have enough belief, or at least willing to suspend your disbelief um, that something new might work or a new way of thinking. Yeah, uh, but there is that scientific element that you know we well, have to test it. Also, yeah, if don't you're you? doing like it like that's the laboratory. Yeah, that's the lab. Life. The lab of your life, exactly. I always remember that. There's that interesting thing about uh, Buckminster Fuller. He talked about himself. Oftentimes, he he talked him about himself as guinea pig B, and he pig would B. talk. Yeah, he would talk about how his whole life was this big experiment, and that he was, you know, like like a lab like a lab uh, animal that they would do testing on. Obviously, that was more common back in the day when he was talking about it. Thankfully, they're not doing as much testing on lab animals. But the point is, is he was saying, like, I'm just, a, you know, a lab animal, a conscious lab animal basically going through my life where I'm testing these hypotheses in my day to day life like I were, you know, like I was an animal or, or something in an experiment. And, you know, I mean, obviously he was joking about that. But the point is, is that, you know, it's a living process. The science is something that you test and you go in with a sort of you know, a hypothesis, neither too much belief nor too little belief, but you're open-minded and you experiment and test and see what works for you. And the thing is why I talk about this stuff so much, and I think it's the same for you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, you know, most of the things that we talk about on this show, and particularly with this, with this mind science and with this scientific prayer and, you know, the new thought these are all things that I've used in my life and seen dramatic results with. And I think that I can speak for you and say that you have as well. No, absolutely. I wouldn't pursue it for as long yeah. and uh, as intensely and yeah. continuing to, as we're even taking it another step further and talking about it and sharing, you know, what, yeah. what we've learned, but sure it's compelling. And, um, you know, one builds from the next, but it, it's never ending. And you will never completely solve the the riddle of the human mystery and the mind and consciousness. But it's about exploring the mystery. And it, yeah. it becomes further I go, it just becomes more and more interesting. And yes, it's something very practical that has uh, worked in my life. And I, you know, mm-hmm. having uh, been in recovery through the uh, 12-step program, you know, Emmett Fox does come up. Um, yeah, he's very popular in the in the in the twelve step uh, community. Yeah, I think uh, some of the people that helped found the uh, organization um, were reading some of his books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sermon on the Mount, in particular. Yeah, Sermon on the Mount seems particularly powerful in, in, in during recovery. Yeah. I, that's something I found very very valuable when I was uh, working through my uh, my challenges, and and you you as well. It sounds like so. Sure. So, um, yeah, he's relevant today and to all kinds of people. And Yeah. And the thing about these principles that are so beautiful, it's like the, you know, mind, mind science and, and, and new thought are almost like, like it's so simple and yet it's so complex at the same time. It's one of these things it's like they talk about in Vedanta and in, you know, and um, in, in some branches of Hindu thought and philosophy but particularly Vedanta, you're looking for the one thing by which all other things can be known. Basically, you're looking for the one wisdom which will give you the key to all other wisdoms. And they look at things like, you know, like I give examples like, well, there's, you know, biology and there's geometry and there's, you know, exercise science, let's say, or learning Sanskrit or, you know, yoga philosophy, there's all these different philosophies and so on. But the one thing that's really behind all that is the one consciousness that exists within all of us. It's the ground of being, as uh, Meister Eckhart put it, that, you know, this one sat-chit-ananda, existence, consciousness, bliss, which is eternal, which is uncreated and, you know, infinite and eternal that exists within the heart of, of each one of us. But, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like that. Mind science is kind of like thinking like, working with that consciousness and kind of working within that state of mind and realizing what the source is of everything. You go to that source and you, you know, work directly with it and through it, through affirmation and through feeling and visualization and so on to, to, to create the changes that you need to change, you know, and it kind of gets beyond dogma and doctrine and 
and all these different ways of understanding different religious understandings, different religious figures and so on. and goes straight to the heart of the matter, the consciousness within yourself that is the same as the consciousness, which created the universe. Right. So it's the one thing by which all things are now. Um, not to get, you know, get kind of abstract, but well, this one medicine, this, it's the universal medicine, the elixir of life is the philosopher's stone of the, uh, the alchemist that, you know, if it works on one thing, it works on everything. Yeah, Uh, exactly. And, you know, you can use other things too, like meditation and ritual and, you know, different types of prayer and, you know, visualizations and whatever you're using, you know, for spiritual work, but essentially, you know, the one thing behind all that is the one thing that is the source. It's, you know, so you've got to remember that and keep that in mind too. What is actually, you know, doing all this work and in, in which you live and move and have your being, as Paul said, and, you know, it pervades everything, you know, and it's the, the, that's the, really the heart of, of new thought is that, you know, you and this infinite stuff or this infinite power are, you know, essentially the same thing essentially you know we're we're on a a different level but the core of us and the and the sort of you know soul of us or the spirit of us is that that infinite so at any rate uh, i'm not going to go on and on about that but let's let's jump into this and i'm going to have you uh go ahead if you want uh to read uh the first the first page that we're looking at which is page one in this book and it's entitled take it easy so you want to go ahead and read that and then we'll break it down sure it's essentially the first chapter but yeah these chapters are like super super short right yeah they're like a page or a page and a half yeah and that's that's the spirit of emmett fox emmett fox (laughs) all right take it easy don't hurry you're going to live forever somewhere in fact you are in eternity now so why rush Don't worry. What will this thing matter in 20 years' time? You belong to God, and God is love, so why fret? Don't condemn. As you cannot get under the other fellow's skin, you cannot possibly know what difficulties he has to meet, how much temptation or misunderstanding or stupidity within himself he has to overcome. You are not perfect yourself and might be much worse in his shoes. Judge not. Don't resent. If wrong has been done, the great law will surely take care of it. Rise up in consciousness and set both yourself and the delinquent free. Forgiveness is the strongest medicine. Don't grumble. Consume your own smoke. Your own concept is what you see, so treat and change that. Don't grab. You cannot hold what does not belong to you by right of consciousness anyway. Grabbing postpones your good. Don't shove. You are always in your right place at the moment. If you don't like it, change it scientifically by rising in consciousness. This will be permanent. This will and be that's, permanent. Take it easy. That's it. So we'll start. That's a lot in one uh, It's a lot. One page. It is. I mean, but that's, you know, this is, again, the the beauty and brilliance of Emmett Fox is that he takes, you know, really big ideas and boils them down to like these really kind of simple and pithy little statements where you can just, you know, go right into them deeply and, and clearly. Uh, and that's, you know, and, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting because it's probably his most popular book is the Sermon on the Mount, you know, which is a fairly short little set of chapters in, uh, in the new Testament where Jesus is preaching. And I'm, we're all familiar with that, you know, judge not lest you be judged, et cetera. Right. So the blessed bees, right. The bl- Oh, yeah, the blessed bees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Blessed the, the blessed bees. bees. Yeah. The blessed <laughs> bees is the best way to put that. Yeah. And we, we, talk, we talked about that. So the point is, is that, um, you know, it's it's one of these kinds of things where Fox likes to present these 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 uh, ideas in sort of a simple, simple way and then kind of extrapolate out information, and you know, and go through them. But I think what he's doing kind of the reverse on this, like what he did in Sermon on the Mount is to take these sayings of Jesus and like really go deeply into each one of them. In this, he's kind of condensing down ideas and kind of going back the other way and giving you a, a kernel of truth so that you can, you know, wrap your head around it. And then, you know, you go deeply into this. And so, you know, we're going to go into each one of these things, but I encourage you to go deeply into these yourself. And, you know, if you, if you like we said, you can find this book online if you look for it um, in some sort of EPUB format or a PDF, probably for free. 
uh, somewhere. So look, around yeah, we could probably bit. put that each chapter up on the blog. That that's short. true. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, and I actually, I'll do that. Make it easy I'll for you. That. That's a great yeah. idea. Why don't I? Why don't? And so we will do that. And uh, there'll be there'll be links to that as we go along. But um, so we'll go into these our, our, ourselves and some of our ideas. But uh, we, you know, I and I'm sure Chris would encourage you as well to to take these and kind of break them down yourself and maybe meditate on each one of these seven ideas. Cause they're deep and powerful ideas that really can help you to, to change for the better, to transform your life, you know, and understand who you truly are and get to the core of, you know, your real self with a capital S. And that really is the, the essence of all this work is realizing that, you know, there's no disconnection. There's no disconnection between ourselves, between other people, between, you know, all the material that exists in the material universe and us, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, you know, to help us find that connection, we have to kind of go through these, these ideas and really, you know, embody them and soul them as Manly Hall would say and soul them. And, uh, all right. So we're going to start at the beginning. Uh, the first one of course is don't hurry as Chris read, uh, previously. You're going to live forever somewhere. In fact, you are in, in eternity now. So why rush? So why rush? Do you want to comment on that a little bit? Don't hurry. Well, that's sort of the over overall thing. Um, the overriding. In this hurrying, you're, you're you hurry to worry or condemn or resent or grumble or shove. You know, these are all kind of hurrying things. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You know, and you know a, a lot. You know most of the time we really don't know all of what's happening in a situation, either with ourselves or with another person um, or um, what, uh, you know, what all is involved. Uh, just even having enough information, how dramatically different our reaction and our response. Usually it's a reaction. A reaction mm -hmm. is something you do in a hurry. A response is something you take a little, little bit of time with. There you go. Yeah. You know, but it's, you know, it's so easy to rush to judgment or to have an opinion um, or, oh my gosh, that's terrible what happened and, you know, judge the other person. Um, but we can have a dramatically different response once we get more information. Oh, that's what was going on. Oh, you mean she did it for, you know, yeah. the, the, the yeah. information completely changes the complexion of what it is. So most of what comes in, maybe it's that 10 second rule or something, count to 10. Sure. You know, and, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, I, before, before reacting, right? Yeah. Bef that before time, any so. opinion, not just, Oh, I'm sure. going to come up with the best scenario. It's like, don't come up with any scenario, come up with nothing. <laughs> yeah. Just right? say, wow, this happened or I have this information. Hmm. You know, and hold it uh, for a minute in empty space, you know, uh, give it mm -hmm, a chance mm -hmm. to, you know, resonate or like, Oh gosh, well, that's maybe I shouldn't lash out. Uh, until I find out some more information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so it's, you know, this hurrying, we want to skip to the back of the book and find the right answer instead of really developing those qualities that help us discover our own answers. Yeah, exactly. You like know. I was talking about, like, don't, you know, take our word for what we, you know, what we think is, is the meaning of these little, little sayings or little statements, you know, go deeply into it for yourself. You know, these are suggestions and then you want to ruminate on them and meditate on them and think about them and how they apply to your own life. The bigger picture, too. I mean, you're going to live forever. I mean, there's the idea of eternal life here and saying, you know, look, yes, you have a finite existence. Yes, you're a body. You know, you're a spiritual being having a you know, physical sort of experience. Right. Uh, but but know that at the core of you, you know, beyond thought, beyond your memory, beyond your body, beyond your likes and dislikes beyond your, you know, sensory organs and so on. There's something eternal and, you know, sort of something out of time, something that exists out of time in a sense. And it, the eternal is really something that exists out of time. Time exists in eternity in essence. You know, it's like they say, in, they say in Vedanta that time exists within Brahma. You know, it's not the other way around, doesn't, you know, so time was something that was created by Brahma, by the creator. Um, but it's something that exists within a sort of eternal nowness, if that makes sense. Something that was, that's 
you know, was never created, was never born, was, you know, never dies, this kind of idea. And it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that, but I think that's what he's getting at is this bigger picture also. And the fact that, you know, there's, there's, there's something within you that is eternal, have confidence in that and realize that this, this short, you know, material existence is just one aspect of, of, of life with a capital L and have confidence in that. Uh, the last thing I want to add to this little section, and then we're going to move on is a great statement that I heard by Israel Regardi. And I think he got this from the alchemists and he had this saying, it was make haste slowly, make haste slowly. Yeah, so basically nice. he's saying, hurry up slowly, more or less, you know what I mean? Which means, yeah, move forward and have the, you know, the energy and so on and the enthusiasm for stuff, but take your time with things, take your time with things. So that's a very good uh, piece of advice. All right. The second one here is don't worry. What will this thing matter in 20 years time? You belong to God and God is love. So why fret? Which again, kind of gets back to what we were just talking about the eternal, right? But worry is a is a component of that. I mean, oftentimes I think worry stems from the fact that we think that there's a scarcity of something, or we're going to miss out on something, or there's an anxiety or a fear or something along these lines. Um, of course, you know, I hate to pitch my book, but hey, you know, if you can worry, you can meditate. So don't worry. You know, that it's the same sort of thing he's saying is is basically, you know, worry is a is like a positivity but in, in you know in reverse in essence i mean it's the same energy it's the same thing we talked about this at the beginning of the show you know so you, you know focus your thoughts not on worrying but on faith and on the confidence that you have to to overcome your difficulties right right so, well it's really hard to tell or convince a warrior not to worry sure uh, yeah. and there's a lot of that uh, socially in in the world today a lot mm -hmm. of anxiety uh, these worries and fears are usually based in things that are unknown um, or unknown in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, fear of losing something we have or, you know, not getting something we want. Um, you know, something will befall us or somebody else. Um, you know, and, and worry doesn't contribute towards solution. No. If you're busy worrying, you're, you're not really working on the problem. No. Um, you know, well, now, you're creating the circumstances you don't want by worrying about them. You're yeah, helping what if to this, create. What if that? And what yeah. if? Now you need to look at something and think of you know, geez, what if I you know run out in the middle of the street? Uh, it's like, well, you need to think some things through. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it doesn't mean you shouldn't have you know healthy fears sure. and be concerned. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Sticking your, your hand and... in, on a hot stove, things like that. I mean, obviously, those are you know those yeah. are designed to protect us, right? But these are concerns that. Uh, that have a, a response or they have a plan or they have a you know, series of actions you can actually work with. I think when, when we think of worrying, a lot of the times it's worrying about things that we don't really know about yeah, or things we can't really do anything to change. That's uh, absolutely true. Good point. And that's, and you know, that's just a waste of, of you know, energy. Yeah. Um, you know, because it doesn't go to the heart of the problem and you're just bringing more worry into a worrisome world, if nothing else. Uh, yeah. So, well, know, and then also keeping it in perspective, too. I like how he says, what will this thing matter in 20 years time? Like, oh, I'm going to be 10 minutes late for work. And so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to floor it and I'm going to drive really dangerously and act like an a-hole on my way to work because I'm trying to get there on time or whatever. And it's, you know, you're practically willing to kill somebody to not you know, to try to get to work on time because you're so fearful that, you know, you're going to get some kind of, you know, something's going to happen or this or that. And most likely no one's going to even notice. But the point is, it's like in 20 years, is that one, you know, five minute late at work worth like the lifetime that you want, you know, you might incur of doing something destructive or, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like 20 years from now, are you even going to think about that? You know, so it's trying to put some perspective on these small things that we think are so upsetting in the moment, uh, but really don't mean anything in the whole in the bigger scope of our lives. So I think that's important. All right, well, let's jump ahead. Uh, don't condemn. Don't condemn. As you cannot get under the other fellow's skin, you cannot possibly know what their difficult excuse me what difficulties he has to meet. He has had to meet. How much temptation or misunderstanding or stupidity within himself he has had to overcome. You're not perfect yourself and you might 
be much worse in his shoes. Judge not. That's really interesting. I like that idea a lot. You know, you might not, you might be much worse in his shoes. So oftentimes we think, well, you know, this guy is this, this guy's my enemy and he's a bad person. He's an evil person. You know, you can't really imagine what you, if you had to go through the things this person has gone through might be like, you could be 20 times worse, you know? So maybe that person has done the best they could with what, you know, what cards they were dealt with in their life. And therefore it is not ours to condemn or to judge. You know, judge not lest you be judged. Right. So that one's pretty, pretty clear. That's uh, you know, that's a. Uh, well, I think that's... it was a Socrates that said, uh, be kind to everyone you meet for we all carry a heavy burden. It was. Yeah, it was one of the Greeks. It was that. or Escalese, I think one of the two of them. I think that that one, they're not exactly sure. I, I was just going to oh, okay. put it I was just going to put that up on Instagram the other day. It's funny. You okay. mentioned that. No, it's, it's it's a good one. It is. It is. Absolutely. Because, and, and we don't know what these things don't are. You, you can't judge someone's insides by their outside. Mm -mm. And, uh, or again, straightforward and simple, but you know, do we really, you know, deeply practice that yeah. in our everyday life? Do we catch ourselves when we, you know, get angry at the waitress that gets mm -hmm. her order wrong? It's like, well, you know what? Maybe she got slain. Maybe she had some bad news before she went into work. Maybe she's sure. not, you know, there's 101 sure. things that, that might be other than the fact that she's just an irritable person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. My, my judgment might not be of the hundred things that could be uh, right. So sure. Exactly. Always something to keep in mind. And you know, and if you're putting that out in the world, you know, maybe someone will give you a break too. when when you, you know, get angry and rah, 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 lash out and yeah. like someone else might go, what, you know what, maybe they're just having a bad day and they're not going to think you're a jerk. So Exactly. A little civility. I think that's, it goes, it goes a long way, doesn't it? It goes a long way. And you know, it starts, but it starts within it's, you know, you, you, you start with uh, the condemnation, the judgment, if you can stop it at that level and say, Hey, look, I don't know what this person's going through. I don't know if this guy that cut me off in traffic, you know, he might have a sick kid in the car and he's trying to get to the hospital for all I know. Uh, you, you know what I mean? And yeah, so it's sure. like, we just, you know, we want to throw him the, you know, throw the finger at him and, you know, curse him out under our breath. But, it's like, you don't, you don't really, you don't really know. So, you know, give, give people the benefit of the doubt, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt until they sort of prove, prove out otherwise to you. And even then, if they prove out otherwise, you know, you, you can obviously, you know, take care of yourself and, you know, don't make mistakes or let someone into your life that is, you know, not a trustworthy person and so on. But, but, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt first. And even then, you know, also keep in mind that people can change over the years and so on. So, you know, don't judge and don't condemn. Always solid advice. Don't resent is the next one. If wrong has been done, the great law will surely take care of it. Rise up in consciousness and set both yourself and the delinquent free. Forgiveness is the strongest medicine. That's a great one because they always There's talk a about lot in that. There's a lot in that one. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's huge. We could spend a whole show on yeah, that, couldn't we? Sure. You wrote but, a book, yeah, ten books. But the idea, the the core idea of that is the is the forgiveness, is the forgiveness, and then letting letting go and trusting that uh, you know that the universe has its own sort of methodology for sorting things out for for people learning and their you know for their own, and their own, you know the course of their lives and so on. And it's not ours to to be the you know the punisher, something like this or you know that's that's god's job right as they say so and not that god's punishing anyone but the point is is that you know the universe and god have say being the same thing but it, it has its own sort of logic and wisdom that is much uh you know greater than we even know right so so allow it to to do its job and and not try to get in the way or be some sort of uh you know, an avenging angel or something that you think you need to do when someone, you know, takes your parking spot or something. I mean, there's, yeah, there's you know what I mean? Every wrong that was ever it's done just, to you gets heaped upon gets this. heaped one. on that tiny act or whatever, you know, and that hurts you and not the other person. And there's such a, such a wisdom in that, you know, when you carry around a grudge or you carry around anger or frustration or, you know, bitterness over something someone did to you, you know, 20 years ago, they've forgotten all about it most likely. And you've carried it around for, you know, 20 years and, you know, cut yourself off from the good that might've come from that lesson or the, you know, good that could have come out of, 
acting in a different way? How'd you have let go of that, that hurt or bitterness or what have you, right? So well, you've for... not only carried it for all these years, mm -hmm. you've energized it. You've kept oh, sure. it alive sure. and kicking and sure. boosted up. Because, well, if you just even look at the word um, resentment, it's re-sentiment. It's a, something you're feeling again. Yeah. Again and again wow. and again. You know, the, sure. the crime happened once, but the resentment can happen a thousand times. And it's each one of you, those that um, really tear you down. Yeah, that's, that's deep. That's a good point. I think it's really important. And I try to do this in my life. Look, I'm a, I'm a Capricorn. I'm kind of earthy and goaty. And so, you know, I tend to be one of these people that ruminates, you know, we have a lot of Saturn influence and, you know, I, I kind of hang on to stuff. And so I have to, I have to sort of take the time to remember positive things and run through those positive and constructive scenarios and those people, you know, that did loving things and, you know, teachers and mentors and family and friends and, you know, relationships from the past and so on. And really focus on those positive things and, uh, and, and kind of ruminate and, and, and sort of chew on those things. You know what I mean? Bring those up over and over goes re 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 sentiment, those sorts of experience, I guess, you know, instead of re resenting, you know, all of these things that were negative in, in some, you know, in the family life or in relationships or at school or, or, or whatever, you know, taking, because the thing is you generally speaking, you know, there's, there's so much more positive going on at any given time than there is negative. In other words, you know, the world, especially like, just think about it, how miraculous it is that you can just drive up to the store and, and nothing happens. No one runs into you. Nothing happens. You don't get robbed. You know, something doesn't drop out of the sky and smash into your car. You know, it's incredible. And this is happening 99% of the time, you know, but things that, that happen that are sort of um, scary or destructive or, or, or painful or negative, they stick out so much to us. And there's a reason for that. That's how, that's how the, the, the brain works. I mean, it's trying to, it's trying to keep us alive. That's coming from the, you know, the, the crocodile brain, let's call it the reptilian part of the, the primitive mind, you know, the, the place where the fight or flight instinct is and so on. It, its job is to keep us alive. So it's like, okay, this is a harmful thing. Therefore I will never do that again. The problem is, is that it overgeneralizes. So then it means every time I cross the street, I'm always going to get hit by a car. So I'll never cross the street again. And so you've got to be really careful that you're not, you know, playing those kinds of scenarios out in, or if you're feeling, you know, these kinds of sort of overgeneralized things or, you know, people always do this, or you can't trust this kind of person or that kind of person. These sorts of things are overgeneralizations. They, they come from sort of a good place in yourself. In other words, it's a protective sort of primal kind of instinct to keep you safe. But when you're a grown person living in a complicated society like we do today, you know, those things, you know, 99% of them are overgeneralizations. So you've got to get back at them and, and realize, okay, I might have... I might be be not seeing this very clearly, and that's and it's, it's it's in that same sort of thing, that same sort of family. So stay clear, and you know, forgive people, and let things go, and make sure that you're not overgeneralizing about things. And, that, and part you know, part of that is just having forgiveness for that particular event. It doesn't mean that all things are like that. It doesn't mean that all relationships are bad because you went through a bad relationship when you were 16, right? So, right. And, you know, forgiveness doesn't, you know, mean that you approve of the no, person or the thing no. that they did. Uh, and it doesn't deny that either. No, it's exactly. a terrible thing, but the forgiveness allows for redemption. And like you said, it's mainly for, for you. Yeah. Um, the person who has the resentment, um, there's the forgiveness. Uh, yeah, that's a big sure. thing in, in recovery, too, is and forgiveness of self. Yeah. You know, any of these things that we're talking about, the condemning and resenting and grumbling about, um, it's not just circumstances and other people in our lives. It's it's what we turn on ourselves. Yeah. So this take it easy is also take it easy with yourself. Now, don't give yourself a pass and, and you know, and say, yeah. oh, someone else will sort my stuff out. No. Um, but do the work. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Do the yeah. hard work, but go easy on yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Go easy on yourself. That's a great, uh, a great point. All right. So the next one is don't grumble. Don't grumble. Consume your own smoke. Your own concept is what you see. So treat and change that. All right. This is an interesting one. First of all, consume your own smoke. I'm not entirely sure what that means. I think what he's saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, uh, you know, this is your thing, deal with it and kind of, um, internalize it or something consume your own smoke is that what he's getting at i, I that's an old timey sort of saying yeah do, it does do you sound know that one? i don't but the uh, the grumbling uh might be referring to uh, the passage in the new testament about um it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you it's what comes out of your mouth mm, interesting yeah I, I think the scenario was that uh somebody was eating something they shouldn't on a Saturday at the wrong time or whatever. Yeah, and the, yeah, the local exactly. priests were, how can you do that? That's sure. terrible. You're blaspheming, you know, you're eating your cloven hoof or whatever it was. And he made the point. It's not that, you know, what goes into your mouth. If you're eating the wrong, if you're not eating fish on Friday or whatever it is, it's, it's what comes out of your mouth. You know, what, sure. What are you spewing out into the, into the world that other people can hear and, even just into the ether, even if nobody hears it, you're still sending that, yeah, that that's a good signal point. out. That's uh, like complaining or criticizing or grumbling. They're all useless energy. You know, it's ruminating on negative and destructive ideas, really. And you're just putting out that, that negative energy out there. It doesn't, does no one any good. And then well, I think he's getting to the second part of it. Your own concept is what you see. So treat and change that. By treat, he means you know, affirmations or visualization or prayer or meditation to try to change that, that concept of what, uh, what you're seeing. In other words, like going from the inside out, instead of trying to change things from the outside in and maybe bitching about things and grumbling about things is trying to sort of, you know, it's almost like an incantation to try to curse or to change something on the outside. And I think what he's getting at is, you know, try, change what you see on the inside and then you know, think you know, conditions will change on the outside because one, you see them differently. And two, then they actually begin to change because you attract different consequences and different action, you know, actions and people into your life. Right. Well, you bring up a, a really strong point about the power of words. And I think we're talking about mainly the spoken word that when mm -hmm. you make something, uh, the, the idea or thought and you turn it into you know, a vibration, you know, your breath is coming out. There's a resonant, uh, the signal gets out there. Uh, people can hear it. You know, you're really doing something, like you said, spells and incantations, um, affirmations, yeah. uh, trance inducing, uh, things will, um, you know, there's, well, even in the, uh, like Genesis in the beginning was the word. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, quality word, of words word. are, you yeah. know, it's, it's a, very, very strong thing. So be careful with your words, yeah. what comes out. And yeah, exactly. by treat, um, a treatment, uh, it's basically, you know, the plan. What are you going to do about it? What's the, what's the solution? Yeah. So by treating it, it means you're, you're going back and you're, oh, okay, what's my affirmation? In this case, it might be something like, you know, before I speak, um, I make sure that it's helpful positive and meaningful or something, you mm -hmm. know, that sure, what comes out of my exactly. mouth. Instead of trying to, you know, try not yeah. to do the negative thing like, oh, I don't want to curse. I don't want to do this. Just say what, say what you do want to do, what yeah. you do want to come out of your mouth. Sure. Or remind yourself before something comes out of my mouth, let me run it by my inner sensor or my inner <laughs> approval process before yeah. I, before so I those... do that use those affirmations to treat yourself uh, before you, before you, you mm -hmm. grumble or complain or, or say uh, something negative about someone else. I, I think too, he's getting at the idea that, um, you know, like we were talking about, you know, using that, those, that power of the word uh, is, a, is a very, it's a double-edged sword really. I mean, you can use it to heal or you can use it to harm. You can use it to heal or you can use it to harm. And so he's saying, speak those words that are, that are affirmative and positive about people and not uh, negative and grumbling. Like, oh, this always, these people always do this to me or that to me. You know, say something like, you know, this situation is working out for the highest and best good for all concerned in divine order. 
you know, uh, Joseph Murphy has a lot of those kinds of affirmations. There he is. God yes. bless him. Dog. Speaking, speaking of the vibrational quality, the vibrational quality of that barking brings joy to my heart every time I hear it. All right. Um, and, and I, I do think he's grumbling. He yeah. doesn't sound like he's grumbling. No, he's, he might be pissed off. He might be yeah. hungry. He might, uh, he might be upset at somebody, but he's not grumbling about anything, I don't think. <laughs> Unless he is. I mean, I might be reading him wrong. I don't speak dog. I don't speak, <laughs> speak dog. All right, so we'll move on. The next one is uh, don't grab. Don't grab. You cannot hold what does not belong to you by right of consciousness anyway. Grabbing postpones your good. Grabbing. I like that idea. Uh, don't grab. It's, it feels very Buddhist to me. The grasping. Yeah, grasping. Trying yeah. to grab on or, you know, in a grubby way to something that isn't yours or something you think you deserve or something like that. Um, you cannot hold what does not belong to you by right of consciousness anyways. And what he means by right of consciousness is that you, you know, you have created a picture in your mind and affirmations and a belief and a faith in yourself that you, that you can have that thing that you wish to have that constructive, positive life that you want, that, um, you know, that healing that you need, the, the relationship that you're looking for, uh, and so on, but you've got to build it within. Don't grab after it out in the outer world. Create it within yourself and attract it. Do the work. You know, sometimes I think what happens is people think, like, you know, the secret kind of encouraged this, and it's not a bad idea, but sometimes I, I think, you know, they turn, turn the universe sort of into, into a wish fulfillment machine, like a genie's lamp. It's like, well, I'm just going to say my affirmation and rub the lamp and poof, there it is instantaneously. And that can happen. I'm not, I'm not trying to put limitations on the universe. Anything is, is possible. But, you know, really the best way to do these things is to treat yourself within, do the affirmations, do the visualizations, and then do the, the work and the necessary, take the necessary steps to do that. And like, as an example, which means it's like, oh, I want to, I think I've used this one before, but let's say you want to sell a script. You've got a, you know, you've got a story. So it's, first of all, you've got to write the, write the script, number one. So use your affirmations to, you know, produce a great script and, you know, write that script and have it, have it available, you know, and then, you know, begin to, 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 to treat yourself, to get that out to the people that need, you know, that want to see it either, you know, studio, or you're going to get it into Netflix or to an agent or wherever, you know, whatever realm of, of, of distribution you're trying to think for that thing. And then, you know, go out there and do the work, make the calls, send the script out, you know, do send out the emails that you need to send out, talk to people that, you know, network, et cetera, et cetera. Do your part of it, do your part of it. But then, you know, most likely what will happen is after some amount of time, could be a day, it could be, you know, 10 years, but after some amount of time, something unexpected will be given to you, you know, through strange synchronous means of which you had no control. And I've used this example a lot of times because actually it's kind of happened to me as I, 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 I met a producer one time when I was standing in line, it didn't result in a, in a sale of a script, but it was one of these things that, you know, was so random and strange. It was, it was very much connected to my own sort of, you know, my own internal stuff that I was doing. Um, but the point is, you know, you'll meet someone maybe standing in the line at a Starbucks, you strike up a conversation, and it turns out they're, you know, a producer at the very place you've been trying to get your script to for the last, you know, eight months or something. And they're the, you know, the reader, or they're, you know, they're a producer, or they're in development or something like this, that can actually help you do the thing you want to do. You know, and who's to say how that happened? Who's to say what caused that to happen, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is, is that you built it within first and you also did the work and, you, you know, you've shown to the universe that you're serious about this thing. And then, you know, it unfolds. Right. So you don't need to grab at it and run around and try to get somebody else's thing or think there's all this competition and I've got to beat this guy and beat that girl. And, she, you know, I need, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's an inside job, right? Success is an inside job, as they say. So you don't need to grab and grasp at things. Well, you can even look at the, just even the word, you know, grab. You, yeah. You can imagine a, an outstretched hand, yeah. you know, palm down, trying to come down and clamp something. You know, it's sure. a very, it's almost the same motion you'd, you'd use to throw something away, like throw something down. Your palms are down and you're forcing down. But if you flip it the other way, palms up, 
you can receive palms up receive. and you can also make an offering palms up. It's interesting how those wow, yeah, they're related. Even the hand gestures are, uh, are connected. That's a, that's a great example. That's a great example. Thank you. All right. So the last so receive, one, don't oh, grasp, <laughs> receive, don't grasp. Any, did you have anything to add uh, also to no, that? No, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. All right. I was going to jump into this last one. Uh, which is kind hey, of don't shove. Hey, kind of, I was, I was shoving. Easy. I was shoving. You know? Sorry. What are you in a hurry? Shoving us forward. Am I in a hurry? Yeah. Okay. You shoved me off. And you see thing. what it was? Is I looked at the time and I said, "Well, you know, most of our shows are an hour long. It's like 50, we're like fifty minutes into this thing." And then I shoved you right out of the way. I'm exactly. sorry. I'm wow. sorry, Chris. Forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, don't shove. You're always in your own. Uh, in your right place at the moment. If you don't like it, change it scientifically by rising in consciousness. This will be permanent. You know, and that's really kind of an extension of what we were just talking about with don't grab. I like the idea of don't shove also, you know, because it assumes pushing someone or something out of the way, right? Being really aggressive, not assertive, yeah. but aggressive. Well, know, it also and, assumes that there's something or someone in your way. In your Maybe way. there isn't. Yeah. Maybe that's you. Um, yeah, exactly. And also recognizing, like he says, you're always in your right place at the moment. So even if we are trying, you know, we're having some sort of inspirational dissatisfaction or something in our lives, like we want to change things or there's something about where we are that we need to, you know, we want or need to be different, you're still in the right place to make that change. You know, you're in the right place to learn that lesson. You're in the right place to figure out a different way to do things. So, you know, you don't need to shove anyone out of the way or get all frustrated or I need to quickly go over here and get this guy out of the way or that person or this obstacle or what have you. Um, you know, those things will naturally begin to kind of, you'll flow through them and around them and under them and over them and stuff when, when, you're, when you're, you know, when you're in the right mindset, when you've created it. That's what he says. If you don't like it, if you don't like where you are, even though you are in the right place at that moment to, to begin your, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? You got to start somewhere. So no better you, place than where, you, where are. you are, right? So change it scientifically by rising in consciousness. And so what does he mean by rising in consciousness? You know, uh, affirmations, mind, mind treatments, um, visualizing the outcome you wish to see prayer, treatment of prayer, right? Um, Meditation. Get your chin up. We use a, sure you physically. Know, get your sights beyond the horizon. Yeah, physically, like with the, with NLP, you know, using standing as you would stand if you felt confident. You know, moving like you would move if you you know it's it's you know doing and being uh, what you would actually like to see and and embodying that physically and physiologically also. You know, creating those states within yourself, those feelings of confidence, happiness, security, and so on. And we can do that. You know, we can do that. And then eventually, like you said, this will be permanent because you create the changes within. When, if you're busy shoving people out of the way and trying to compete with everybody down the road, there's always going to be another competitor. There's always going to be someone to get out of the way. There's always, you know, there's always going to be some other obstacle. But if you're changing these things within yourself by scientifically rising in consciousness, as he says, then the changes are permanent within yourself. And things begin to unfold and flow naturally. And you begin to draw, like they talk about the law of attraction. You draw those things to you which you wish to have in your life. And you automatically avoid or kind of negate the things that you don't want to have happen in your life, right? Because you've made those changes in consciousness in your own inner life. And that's uh, neuroplasticity, to use a scientific term, it's pretty popular now is that mm -hmm. our neurons, you know, the way our thoughts and energies fire and route themselves. Does it, somebody cuts you off in traffic and it immediately routes to the, Hey, you're an asshole. Um, part of my mind, <laughs> you know, it goes yeah. and pulls that quote yeah. out. There's a pull quote for a composed, um, <laughs> exactly. you know, and, and, a, and a lot of that stuff and about this permit, cause a lot of the stuff we're doing, it's automatic. You know, we've cut these paths and we've, we've talked about this, you know, about yeah. carving a new path. And um, but there is, you know, you really do change the way you think, not just the thoughts, not literal just the objects, literal but the manner in yeah. which the way yeah. thought goes from your brain to your mouth. Exactly. Um, 
or when you see something or hear something out in the world yeah. in a way that comes into your heart. And yeah. then what yeah. you do with it, those are new ways of thinking. Well, and that's regardless why, of what the thought is. Yeah, um, exactly. Yes, you do want to think good thoughts and, and fewer uh, negative thoughts, but just the way you, you go, you're going about it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is as you develop that, it's going to be a little more automatic to do the right thing or to, you know, think about something before you speak or whatever it is you're trying to, you know, breathe first mm -hmm. and get to calmness, you know. Yeah, exactly. of, Oh my gosh, something happened. Panic button, panic button. That's a lot of people are, are on that, you know, red alert uh, watch right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. constantly. And, and the threat never goes away. Well, so it's exhausting. You never really stand yeah. down. Yeah. No. And there's a, a chill button that if we can wire that pathway. Sure. Like, oh, let me just chill and before I react. Let's, let's see what's going on here. Exactly. And, and it's, in, you know, talk, speaking of that, sort of those neural, neural pathways and so on. You know, when you're creating a new habit or a new way of doing things or a new way of thinking, it, it, does, take a, it does take a bit of time. So you do have to, you know, take it easy, which is the, you know, the title of this whole thing. And you don't want, you know, you don't want to specifically hurry uh, and, you know, it's going to take a bit of time, but the, the thing about the brain and the thing about, you know, the neuro, these neurological pathways is that, you know, the, the neuroplasticity that we're speaking about, it's incredibly efficient and incredibly um, plastic. I mean, in other words, like there's never a time when you can't make changes, you know, and they used to think that, you know, when you're 80, you can't learn anymore. And they would say things like, Oh, you, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks as if like we stop learning at a certain point. And the thing is they've found that that's not true. Yes. As you get older, you know, things take a little bit longer and you know, there's, there's less of this and less of that, whatever. But the point is, is that you can always make changes and you can always retrain these neural pathways to different, um, you know, into different, different, different ways of doing things. And so, you know, in the beginning though, it's a bit like, uh, cutting a path through the jungle. It's not so easy at first. It seems, you know, it seems a little rough, a little rugged, a little difficult. Maybe you get some scratches and maybe you don't have the, the best, you know, luck with it. And then, you know, gradually you cut the path through it and you walk on it a few times and you walk on it a few more times, the path begins to kind of harden up and the you know trees begin to kind of clear back and you've got a clean pathway through to that new habit, but it does, it does take a bit of work. It does take a bit of work. So, you know, and then, you know, it's, it's, you know, it becomes what we feel at least in our physiologies is somewhat permanent. You know, some of these habits we have like tying our shoe or riding a bike, we're never going to forget those things you know, unless something drastic happens to, to the brain. But even then, you know, we can relearn, you know, 99% of the time. So, um, you know, the point is, is that, uh, you know, once you've created these habits, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge to change them. But, you know, that once they are, are moving in a, in a new direction, they become very automatic. They become a new, a new habit. And then the old way of doing things is no longer relevant. It's not even something you think about. It's like becoming sober. You know, it doesn't occur to you at a certain point, And this is where I want to encourage everyone who's going through recovery. It will not occur to you at a certain point that you will even want or need a drink or those drugs or whatever is your, your, your that food or that behavior or that sexual impulse or whatever that you're struggling with. At some point, you will not struggle with it anymore because you've created a new habit. At some point, give yourself time and take it easy. You know, and those changes will become permanent and then you will not ever go back to the old way. If you've seat them in there and you have faith and confidence in yourself and you retrain and you, you know, you work the steps and, or however you're, you're going out throughout your, your change process, your transformational process it's for anything, for prosperity, for a new job, for learning computer programming, for becoming sober. It's all the same process in essence. You know, some of them are more or less challenging for sure, but they're the same process, right? Right. 
So there you go. I was I was opening that up to you. I was like, right now, Chris, you're, right. you're going to run with it. And basically, what you did is, I, I, I that was like a lead balloon. I dropped it. It hit the ground and splatted. Right. <laughs> whatever you say, <laughs> whatever yeah, I whatever say, right? I guess I was taking it a little too easy. Yeah, you no, I'm, taking I'm it. Wait, how easy are you taking it at this it point? Made a little That's too easy. Yeah. Maybe a little too uh, easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I want to tack on to that is that um, when you make these changes, you're also putting yourself in the habit of making changes. If you're opening yes. up new pathways, yes. not only does that pathway become better, you're better at opening new pathways. You're better at... That's like a meta change, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. You make all the changes easier because you're, you're better at hacking your way through the woods and yes. building better paths. Uh, and that applies to anything. So it'll be easier and stronger yeah, there's a carryover into all the areas, isn't there? Absolutely. That's a fantastic. Yeah, I like that. It's a meta change. Meta change, meta change. The change by which changes, you know, any individual changes occur. That kind of gets us back to where we talked about at the beginning. It's like, you know, it does go back to that consciousness and making changes in consciousness because in the end, consciousness is all that there is. I mean, it's our, it's our very substance of being. You know, and by consciousness, I don't mean the ego, or the persona or what we think of ourselves as, but that deeper part of ourselves that goes beyond language and thinking and beliefs and ideas and so on. But that's the, you know, that's the thing that's, that we're working in and working with using our thinking and our visualizing and all of that, you know, it's something work, you know, it's like, it's like the, the ocean and the wave, you know, the wave is like the, the thought or the, the sort of idea that you have or the treatment or the affirmation that you're doing in the ocean is the consciousness itself. They're, they're connected. They can't, but be connected. But, you know, while we're in this human body, having this experience, we're a, a little wave that forgets it's the ocean. Does that, does that make sense? You answer. Okay. Yeah. 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 So connect with that ocean part of yourself again, you know, be the wave, be the best wave you can be, but remember that you're part of the ocean. The ocean is that infinite consciousness and that does exist within yourself. And that is where you're truly making those quote unquote changes from. But, you know, they're, they're, they're the, they're the changes that are taking place in the temporal world that anyway, I don't want to go beyond it. But the point is, is that, you know, you are connected to something greater than yourself. And that is really where the, the change is occurring from. That's what's doing the work. That's the father within that doeth doeth the works that Jesus was talking about. And then he said, I and the father are one, right? So there you go. All right. So that was our Emmett Fox uh, show. We looked at his, his first uh, idea in the book, find and use your inner power. And this chapter is called take it easy. And you can, you can find, find it and use your inner power online or get it at Amazon. I, I happened to get a, a great copy of it for like 50 cents at the library uh, book sale, which was really cool. Um, but it's, like I said, it's also known as uh, sparks of truth. So look for that if you want to, you know, if you want to study along with us and have the book or just uh, tune in on, on, on Friday, we're going to have these, uh, these shows and they're going to be, they're going to be shorter than this one, probably about half, half, half the, the length of these shows, you know, cause our Sunday shows are about an hour long and we're going to uh, go into each one of these ideas that M. Fox presents in this book. And, you know, we'll draw from other things as well, like we did today, but we'll be a little more focused uh, with these shows and these are things you can tune into like i said like a little spiritual vitamin you can take during the week to kind of get one little idea and kind of apply that to some area of your life to help uh, in the transformational process um anything else you want to add chris yeah well actually that's a great idea is the in between time mm -hmm. you know if we come up with something or come up if we you know talk about something uh from emmett fox like this one take it easy yeah well then that's something you can practice for the next seven days. Well, maybe the next 70 years, but um, there are seven lifetimes, if you wish. Uh, but, you know, put it to work. Put it to work yeah. every day. Just instead of having a new affirmation or a new thought every single day, which is great, uh, it's also nice to take one thought and maybe work on that every day of, you know, for a week. Yeah. How can I take idea. it easy today? Well, Monday, how can I take it easy at work? Well, how can I take it easy when I'm stuck in traffic? Yeah. Or how can I take it easy when, you know, I have 10 things to do and I'm running around like a, a headless chicken or something, exactly. even when you're in your most spastic, you know, um, multitasking, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a hurried lifestyle. Well, how can you take that easy? 
still got to get stuff done, but go easy on yourself. All right. And think about these. I'm going to, so I'll summarize these, these ideas. And if you want to write them down, I don't know if, you know, you got a place to do that, but if you do uh, go for it. Uh, So take it easy. Don't hurry. Don't worry. Don't condemn. Don't resent. Don't grumble. Don't grab. And don't shove. So those are the seven ideas that we looked at today from Take It Easy by Mr. Emmett Fox. Thank you for joining us on the Cosmic Eye Show. We appreciate you listening. Hope that we can uh, make a difference in your life. And like I said, if we do and you enjoy listening to us, please support us at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. Uh, Chris, his book is uh, The Spirit in the Sky. And also check out his website, chrissheridan.com. He's got some great stuff up there and he's going through the process of redesigning that site and putting a lot of neat things up there. I uh, uh, do the cosmiceye.org website and we've got some information up there as well about some different books we publish and so on. I've got my book up there. And uh, it's called If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. We are here each week on Sunday with this show. And like I said, the new Emmett Fox show is going to be on Friday. So look, look for that next week. We're, we should do one of those these, this week. We'll do one of those this week and we'll put one up uh, on Friday. Well, this is going to be two weeks from now, though, when you hear this, because we have another episode we'll put up first. Uh, but it'll be up soon. So look for that. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Thank you all for supporting us who are supporting us financially. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Thanks again. Uh, Have a great week. Goodbye and God bless.